Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 453. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. Read our stories at slowflowersjournal.com. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important this year than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. Well, if you're listening on Wednesday, May 13th, the date this episode was released, episode 453, Picture me in St. Louis, where I was scheduled to be the luncheon speaker at the annual Flower Power at Tower Grove Park event. One of seven National Historic Landmark Parks, Tower Grove is a 289-acre Victorian park that serves as the backyard of St. Louis's most diverse and densely populated urban neighborhoods and draws 2.5 million annual visitors. The luncheon is a rite of spring, and I'm pretty impressed that Tower Grove asked me to share the Slow Flowers story with its patrons and members, considering that last year's luncheon speakers were New York City's Putnam and Putnam, which you would consider floral rock stars. I was especially excited about the organizer's plan to invite four St. Louis area Slow Flowers members to provide the luncheon centerpieces, including Mima Davis and Miranda Dushak of Urban Buds, Kate Estwing of City House Country Mouse, Rebecca Bodicki of Alice Blue Collective, and today's guest, Jessica Douglas of Flowers and Weeds. The good news is that Tower Grove has rescheduled the Flower Power event for September 30th, and I very much look forward to my future visit to St. Louis and this botanical celebration. In the meantime, I wanted to bring you this conversation with Jessica. I interviewed her in 2016 when I traveled to St. Louis for the first time to lecture at St. Louis Art Museum's Art in Bloom, which was truly an unforgettable experience. You can listen to that interview, which I paired with a lovely conversation with flower farmer Vicki Lander of First Hill Farm, a Slow Flowers member and talented cut flower grower in the area. She supplied me with her flowers for that Art and Bloom demonstration, and she continually supplies florists like Jessica. So you can find that link in our show notes for episode 453 at deborahprinzing.com. For now, I'll jump right in and introduce Jessica Douglas. I've been reporting almost exclusively about stories of resilience as our floral community adapts and adjusts creatively to the COVID-19 pandemic. And you'll hear that theme throughout my interview today with Jessica. I'll make sure to share all of Flowers and Weeds' social places so you can find and follow them online. Let's get started.
Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so delighted today to introduce Jessica Douglas of Flowers and Weeds based in St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Deborah. How are you? Well, I'm not as good as I would have been because I was supposed to be in your fair city this week in St. Louis collaborating with you. Ah, that didn't happen. But we're doing this, (laughs) right? So we're doing this virtually. Um, What was that event that we were going to do together in in St. Louis? So it's the annual fundraiser for our Tower Grove Park, which is one of the most beautiful parks and one of the closest parks to my house. Um, And last, they always do like a tribute to flowers in spring. They have beautiful gardens there. And, um, you know, last year the, um, Putnam flowers came and they did, um, they got to clip from the gardens, which I was very jealous and they got beautiful, um, peonies and had, um, you know, did a display, which was really fun. And this year they were going to have Deborah come and talk about slow flowers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we were going to have, um, I guess some, a luncheon that would include, um, all the centerpieces were going to be designed by local Slow Flowers members, and I guess that was part of the fundraiser um, as well. And uh, oh, right, maybe they were going to give them away or something. Yeah, or auction them off. I'm not sure. I don't remember those details. Anyway, the event I think is called Flower Power this year. Uh, it is now rescheduled for September. I'll put those details in the show notes uh, at DebraPrinzing.com, and uh, I will get to St. Louis and I will get to see you in person again, Jessica. But in, in honor of this big schedule disruption in our lives, I thought we could get on, on um, an episode of the podcast and just talk about what's going on with you and Flowers and Weeds. Um, tell us, just give us, well, first I'll stop and say, there's a, a wonderful interview that I recorded with you in person in 2016 when we first met. It's combined with an episode, um, with an interview with Vicki Lander of Flower Hill Farm, also a Missouri um, flower farmer. So I'll share a link to that in today's show notes. But uh, So you can get caught up to speed if you want to go back and hear that backstory. But give us a snapshot right, of what, what Flowers and Weeds is right now, and then we'll talk about how you've been coping with the, the pandemic. Um, so we are a flower and garden shop. Um, we have a lot of indoor house plants and a a lot of like terrariums and cool glassware, make your own little station. Mm. Um, and then the outdoor garden center, um, we sell veggies, herbs, annuals, perennials, natives. And then we have our, um, cut flower garden. So we just built... Um, 18 very large raised beds um, and had a huge project in the garden this year uh, in February. And so we are geared up to grow a lot of flowers this summer, um, Mm. which is very exciting. And then we have a perennial lot that we've been planting in that is probably 10 blocks away or so. Um, So Cutting garden is growing and growing. Um, and then we, I think, yeah, we, we've got the wedding flowers going on. But as of right now, it's, we don't have any wedding flowers going on. Well, you're really a hybrid because uh, 
you well, first of all, as I recall, you got into the business really through designing uh, terrariums. So plants have always been at the core of the flowers and weeds, um, you know, product offering, right? Yes, I would say first and foremost, I was a florist. I, and then I started working in garden shops and, you know, designing in plants more. Mm. And then, um, you know, it's like, well, why am I just designing this? Because I could just grow it and it would be cheaper and it would be easier and it would be better for the environment. And then it just, you know, I, I guess I uh, spent a lot of years trying to think of what I wanted to do. And then I just kind of ended up doing all of the things that, you know, we have a lot of different sides of the business. You do. Well, it's so interesting because you're right in the heart of the city and yet you've been able to uh, access growing land in a couple different parcels, which is what, is it because yeah. your neighborhood was sort of, had been kind of uh, slow to, you know, redevelop or, you know, what describe, well, describe yeah, the neighborhood? Well, yeah, we have a lot. Um, St. Louis, South City, um, it's really beautiful, lots of beautiful old brick buildings, um, but a lot of them have, you know, been torn down and are just lots that belong to the city. Um, so LRA lots are very affordable or um, you can also like rent it for five years for $5 here. So um, land is not as precious as other places. Um, well, I mean, I think it's precious. Right. It's just not, it doesn't go for the, you know, real estate in New York or Seattle right. or something. But, it's, it's accessible. Um, it's very accessible. And, um, also, we use a city um, fire hydrant key, so um, we get free water from the city for our garden, um, which is also something that I assume California <laughs> is, uh, you know, it's, it, I told people from California that, and they're just like, what? But I mean, <laughs> like, it's just completely legit. You're allowed to do this, right? Oh, our alderwoman set it up. Our alderwoman is, and our aldermen, they're very accessible as well. They're amazing people. Um, we're fortunate enough on Cherokee to have like two alder um, people. So mm -hmm. um, they're just, you know, yeah. really in touch with the neighborhood. That's it's awesome. Really nice. What was the term you used about the LR something? Lots. Does that mean like vacant or? LRA is, um, yeah, they are just owned by the city. Um, they are usually just lots, um, but they're sometimes houses. Mm. Um, and mm -hmm. it's like, I think the Land Redistribution Act mm. is LRA. Mm -hmm. That makes so, sense. Wow. You know. Wow. So and what, if you live next to an LRA lot, you can buy it for a dollar. Wow. So how many lots do you actually own with the business? Um, well, our shop is on three parcels, but it's just one um, one address. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we have the Keokuk lot. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's just two. Wow. That's but, amazing. Um, and then you did talk about the wedding business sort of being on a hold, but up until this year, you, you had a full service floral design and event studio attached to the retail nursery and garden center, right? Yes. So, wow. um, you know, with the, um, wedding industry, we've just been doing a lot of like quick elopements or Zoom weddings or something like small where it's just like if she wants a little bouquet or a couple boutonnieres for something. 
that was already planned. Um, but you know, and we're, we're booking definitely for fall and next year. So we'll see what happens. So, uh, I have many follow-up questions on that. One is this cutting garden that you've put so much love and energy into to really get established. How do you feel about all those flowers that are already in the ground? I'm sure in your mind, when you were planting, you were thinking about particular clients who had June, uh, May, June, and July weddings. Um, well, you know, I, the other side of the business, uh, floral business, the like everyday flowers and, um, you know, that actually is going strong and Mm. people are, I think in real need of, uh, that friendly, lovely reminder that flowers are when you send someone something like there's been a few times where something, you know, terrible happens and people right now, they can't get together. And so all you can think of to do is send flowers, you know? Um, so we have, we have kind of laid off of, um, just of doing deliveries right now. We are only offering floral pickups and we are offering, we just did a big mother's day thing where we did delivery and pickups. Um, but it's just online next day pickup right now, as well as all of the retail. Cause what we've been focused on mainly right now is garden center sales. Uh, we've never sold so much soil in our <laughs> life. Wow. Like, the amount of herbs that we've gone through, the amount of basil is just like, it's really encouraging to see that side of the business um, flourish during all of this because it means people are in their gardens and they're using small businesses more and more. Uh, Because they don't want to go to Lowe's right now. So, wow. um, But yeah, so so, we're going to relaunch deliveries, I think, this next week and, um, you know, start being able to provide, you know, deliveries in the city or close county for people who have birthdays or are mourning someone or something mm -hmm. like, you know, the things that we all need flowers for. Okay, so I, so yeah. the deliveries will be more for everyday flowers, flower orders, and then the curbside pickup is is also for flower orders, but most mostly it's half it's the like the plants. bags of soil and and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. wow, that's so. The, this is all in answer in response, I think, to my question about the cutting garden. So now the cutting garden has a purpose. It's just maybe not the original purpose or maybe it's just a right yeah they just you know we usually supplement with the stuff from the flower market and hopefully now this coming year we'll just have more and more flowers for everyday stuff and Mm -hmm. um you know not have to go to the market as much and when you started jessica you really um took this i thought kind of the initiative to develop relationships with flower farmers in in you know the greater St. Louis and be suburban and country areas outside of St. Louis to source from established flower farmers before you started kind of growing more of your own, didn't you? Oh, yes. So this past, in Mother's Day this last week, we did um, seven different um, farms that we gathered. Well, actually, six different farms we gathered from, plus our garden. And then we also supplemented a little from the flower market. Mm -hmm. Wow. But it's really uh, a huge mission of ours to support uh, local farmers and also work with them to, you know, I know that Urban Buds grows amazing ranunculus. 
So we don't really even try with ranunculus, but we grow a lot of columbine and bleeding hearts and things that, um, you know, perennial wise, they pop up and they're beautiful and they don't really take much work mm-hmm. um, and they complement each other. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so smart. Like let them be the, go deep and wide in, in that category of, of ranunculus, which you know, you can still get a premium price for in a, an arrangement, even if you're not growing it yourself. Right. Wow. So the, on your website right now, it says online shop is open Wednesday through Sunday at 10 a.m. and closes after 50 orders. Pickup is always next day between 2 and 5 p.m. I read that and I was like, Does that make sense to you? (laughs) Yes. But I mean, I I cannot tell you how many retail florists are probably thinking, oh my God, I I would be so, I'd die and go to heaven if I had 50 orders. I mean, is that kind of, how did you come up with that number? Is that typical? not it's not a florist number. That's a garden center number. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that's like, you know, we do a lot. We're just doing a lot of herbs, a lot of tomatoes. So, um, you know, it's definitely, right. maybe there's 10 cut, maybe there's 10 bouquets a day, but, um, the orders are definitely for garden, garden center. center stuff. Wow. So, and wow. It's definitely been really, it's hard to um, just get people to understand that. And there's a lot of questions, a lot of phone calls, but we're doing our best to try and, you know, remain calm and answer questions. (laughs) Jessica, do you have um, any kind of e-commerce component on your website or is this all like every call is is like a custom, customer service exercise? So the shop, online shop opens at... 10 a.m. So we have to go onto Squarespace and physically enable the page to be on. Oh, that's because okay. That's why I'm not seeing it. Otherwise, yeah. So otherwise, you can't browse, and that's the hardest part about our technology that we haven't been able to figure out. That we can't like take away the cart, but leave up the shop. So um, right, we have to take down the shop and leave up the cart, and it just it does cause confusion. and we are, yeah, we're battling through that. But um, the shop is, when you log on at 10 a.m. to flowersandweeds.com, it will be live and you can just go on to click uh, shop online. On Wednesday. It's listed out Wednesday through Sunday, right? 10 a.m. until we hit about 50 orders, which is usually about 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, people are like, why do you not take orders all day long like the time constraint is discouraging and it's like well we just we can't work until midnight and we can't <laughs> we have to water flowers and we have to clean and you know oh. we have to pot up bare root stuff and get things ready for sale and there's just so much more that goes on than you know ordering or picking right. out orders for right. other people. Right. Well, that kind of wants me, m- makes me want to ask about the labor issue. Have you? What is your workforce like? And I know you have some co-owners. So, are you all, you know, able to stay so employed? So we are definitely. You know, safety was the first priority. Um, I think we were a little later here in shutting down than Seattle, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we were. I think our last day of retail was March eighteenth. Okay. Uh, March 17th. So um, then we closed down for about a week and I got our 
uh, February taxes taken out of the account <laughs> and all of the, all everybody started cashing their checks, all the vendors. And oh, so we, I was just like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Well we have to figure something out. So, um, I started just going back to work. Uh, I just took a ton of pictures of our merchandise in the garden center and started ordering stuff for spring and, um, Carly is my partner and she is the, the tech whiz and the uh, computer person. So she put an entire online shop together in like a couple days. And um, then I've been working pretty much every day since. Um, Thank you for fitting me in my, to do this interview. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm happy to chat. Um, but yeah, my uh employees have been absolutely amazing. Um, the thing about the place is that we really all care for each other. And I think, you know, at first when I started to, um, think about what I could do to open back up, I forgot to like really sit down and have a meaningful conversation with my employees about like how we can do this. And I just started doing it on my own and then it got too busy for it. So we all had to like sit down in a zoom meeting and we talked about what we needed to do and how we needed to do it. Um, mm. and you know, everyone loves the place very much. We all love each other very much. And, uh, so there are, um, there's Carly and myself, um, and she's actually rehabbing her house right now as well. So she's like in double stress mode. Oh no. Um, and then Sam, who's our gardener, um, she, you know, she comes in, she works out in the garden. Um, my partner's actually just been helping out um, with pickups, uh, which has been really nice. He just comes over and reads his magazine and makes sure nothing happens. And <laughs> um, then, because I only, I live three doors down from the shop, so that makes it very easy. You mean uh, supervising the pickup process of customers coming to pick up their orders? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That could be a, a disaster otherwise without a dedicated yeah. supervisor. Yes. Adam is a dedicated unpaid supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> There's so um, much. And he's just been great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> wow. That is so interesting that you're kind of, um, you know, you pivoted into this, like, because you're capable, like this fix it mode. And then you realize you had to step back and have, you know, kind of get everybody into the same conversation. Right, and right. And, you know, my, um, our employee Jasmine, she's wonderful. Uh, she's our shop manager and she was like, you know, she had concerns that like, she didn't want to talk to customers. And so like Adam stepping in to be able to be that like medium between, even though they're not allowed to come in, it's still like, you know, that's her boundary. And we respected that and adjusted accordingly, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, everybody has the proper you know protection gear and you know we are have I, I kind of see like I'm quarantining with Adam and all of my employees because we have been like seeing each other a lot and working together a lot um and you know not going out and doing anything else but right Keep, uh, Missouri is reopening. Uh, Missouri reopened on Monday and uh, nobody else wants to, like in the city, 
and county, they're reopening bars and restaurants on May 18th. And I know plenty of small business owners that are like, if this is too early, we don't want to reopen. And that's yeah. where we are at right now. And uh, we are getting more and more frustrated people that want to come in and don't understand why we're not letting them. And we just are really trying to stick to our guns there just for right now, as far as like, we don't feel safe with a lot of people coming in and touching a ton of stuff. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you have so many more moving parts than a typical, I'm just, this is like a gross overstatement, like, but the typical flower shop that doesn't necessarily have tools and pottery and, you know, a whole full service nursery. It's just, um, it's, yeah, I can see that, you know, that next level is going to be a real challenge. Like, okay, do you have to have gloves and a mask to enter our store? Like, are people going to play along with that? Are they going to resist? And it's just, it's like right now your rules are pretty clear. And, even though you've got frustrated customers, at least you're all safe. And they're, they should be grateful that you're setting boundaries. Um, yeah. But it sounds well, like. And it's, it's just a strange place, Missouri, right now. You mm-hmm. know, I think the city is doing a lot of, a lot of people in the city are being very respectful. Um, but there's some counties that haven't even ever shut anything down. They never shut anything down. Yeah. So. Yeah, and those people, if they come into the city to shop, then they're bringing their exactly. exposure to you. So I can see where you, you have to you have to make some smart business choices. And if you lose a couple unhappy customers and they go to the big box center, I guess that's okay, right? I mean, you're, you're alive. Absolutely. I think so, yeah. Well, what is um, – you said you're going to start up on deliveries again. Tell me how the Mother's Day deliveries worked. Was that, Were you happy with how that worked? Sure. Um, yes, I, we did about a hundred deliveries, I would say in two days. Wow. And, um, we had two delivery drivers each day and, um, you know, they were mostly in the city or close County as we didn't, we didn't leave, uh, the, out of 30 minutes outside of the shop Sure, was our cutoff. And so we just would drop them off, made sure there was like a porch or somewhere we could drop it off, uh, contactless, and then we would get back in the car and give a phone call to the recipient and just let them know that they had flowers outside. So because a lot they also of offered little annual planter baskets. Oh, what were those like? Oh, they just had like celosia and some zinnias, you know. Um, sweet potato vine, maybe a geranium. We did like a citrus, a purple, and a pink. Mm. And then they were kind of like like uh, a gift to mom who could then plant them herself or that sort of thing. Oh, no, they were in a little terracotta, so they would just go straight onto the porch. Oh. <laughs> they were cute little holes. <laughs> They're not a DIY. They were already, do- they were already done. I love it. <laughs> they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm so curious about the plant side of your business. Where are you getting all your, um, like your flats of, of, you know, bedding plants or your, your veggie starts? Are you doing a lot of that sewing yourself? Um, we do not. We've done some, a few things. Uh, we started soil blocks this year on some interesting herbs and veggies that we can't usually find Mm. from growers. Mm -hmm. Um, but we mostly we have a farm that we work with um, 
is just like 30 minutes away, Beaver Farms, and they grow a ton of really beautiful herbs and veggies. Um, and then we have one called Ritter Greenhouses. There's actually two different Ritters, one's perennials and one's annuals. Mm. And so, um, and then we always go down to the um, Mennonite auction in the central Missouri produce auction every year. Um, and we usually stock up on big flats of veggies, annuals, herbs. Um, perennials from them. Wow. Did you do that already or were you able to get in on that uh, before? We we didn't, we weren't able to do it this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a three hour trip and uh, yeah, just not this year because of the Corona. Wow. That's interesting. So um, the, I feel like that your, your narrative about how busy you are with people wanting to buy potting soil and veggie starts and all, I, I see this playing out all across the country and this kind of shift to, I don't know, it's almost like, I mean, I wouldn't, it's not hardcore food security, but it's like some kind of peace of mind that I can grow something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, of course you're in the city, so a lot of people don't have large parcels, but um is this big, a bigger kind of awareness than you've seen in past years? Oh, I think so. Whether, you know, I, they're all trying, which is nice. And I, I think it's funny because in South City, we already, I believe, have like a pretty strong uh, gardening community. Um, and There's like when a- I moved here originally, like, my friend from high school came and visited was like, what does everybody have to have a garden to live here? (laughs) (laughs) So it was already kind of my friends part of the mindset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. But I do, you know, but I think there are a lot more people who are, you know, just trying it out and I can tell with, you know, what they order, they order one rhubarb, one asparagus and one (laughs) strawberry. It's like, (laughs) not really going to get you anywhere, but you know, it'll be cute to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then next year they'll be repeat customers and they'll, they'll be more confident. They'll get three rhubarb, three asparagus and four strawberries. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So is that sort of, uh, awareness of growing your own carrying over into the way people are ordering flowers? For example, are they, you have something really cute on your website where you say, um, all arrangements are custom and designer's choice, but any suggestions like bright and cheery or romantic are always welcome. Is that new or have you always had that kind of approach to the, the floral arrangements? Oh, that's always been my approach because I have been an STD florist before mm-hmm. and I have, um, you know, you get the picture and it calls for three yellow daisies and two yellow roses and you don't have it. And then you have to go to the market and then it's like all the flowers are facing one direction in the picture they take where you have to make it a 360 degree arrangement and it looks nothing like the picture. And so I, I've lived that life. So yes, I mean, every now and then if people call and they ask, you know, I, she really loves lilies and it's a week in advance or a couple of days in advance and I'm going to the market or I can make it happen. I'm happy to do, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we try and just, you know, make it, I think that those suggestions go really far. Like I love, I love a muse. I love taking <laughs> something small that somebody says like, oh, she loves 
purples or something like that and going with that. And I think it helps to make our designs more beautiful when we're not restricted. The more pictures we get or the more, um, you know, direction that we get from a customer, I feel like the less creative we are and the more stressed out we are of like trying to fill this vision of theirs that's not our vision and it doesn't really work right. But a general direction, it sounds like you, you for palette or kind of yeah. vibe you're good with. Vibe. You like the word vibe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know I hear a lot about what, what's happening with Flowers and Weeds because Karen Thornton, the event manager for the Slow Flowers Summit, who helps me with so many things with Slow Flowers, her mother and mother-in-law are St. Louis residents. Right, they in St. Louis. And they, yes. have, they have been the recipients of... Uh, some of her orders through Flowers and Weeds, and she always texts me the photos, and she's just so happy because it is that it is that artisan character. Like you're never going to see an arrangement like this on a, on a wire service website. It's just right. It's alien. So uh, that's so nice, Karen. That thank you. <laughs> yeah, and thank you, thank you. She even said to me, "I think." whatever one of those moms is out out of your delivery zone she goes but they take good care of me and they know that I'm part of slow flowers so anyway I appreciate that yeah <laughs> my goodness well any friend of Deborah's is a friend of ours hey flower friends right well I I <laughs> yeah. was I was so looking forward to coming to see your cutting garden and I I will be back I mean we're gonna try to have a do-over on this um Tower Grove garden or parks event but um in the meantime, what do you think the rest of your year is going to look like? Or do you have any idea? I mean, none of us have a crystal ball, I realize. Sure, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping that we can perhaps, like we did a little bit of a farm stand setup outside of the shop for Mother's Day. So maybe like, you know, putting some carts or some things out that people could grab quickly but it's really just so difficult to think of all the things we have in the store we can't get them out on the sidewalk and off of the sidewalk every day so right now we're just trying to think about safety I think what we have right now is working so the online ordering next day pickup I'm assuming our shop will be able to stay open longer and longer um, as you know things calm down and um you know, just trying to think of inventive ways for in marketing and trying to push things that people want um, and, you know, could use right now. And um, right. But yeah. Right. In, in other words, like the you've your everyday orders are potentially could replace that, you know, multi thousand dollar, you know, wedding that you had to that basically you've probably had to reschedule I don't know I, I don't know how that pencils out but yeah 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 exactly we don't know if all of, you know we're booking weddings in fall and we hope that we can do them um and you know or next spring mm-hmm. I was supposed to get married June 6th this what last, or this coming June 6th oh yes, Jessica so. oh my goodness <laughs> I'm still getting married, but we'll see what happens. The part, the party might be different. Yes. Yeah. You were, were you going to design your own, uh, wedding florals or event florals for the wedding? Um, I was going to try and, you know, (laughs) 
ease up on my control <laughs> and maybe just do the ordering and then let somebody else carry out my vision. Um, but yeah, ooh, I don't know how much I would be able to. Oh my goodness. Step back from it, but. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you've, you've sound positive and you sound like, you know, this, this is the kind of approach that is the healthiest. Like life is thrown you a huge curveball as it is, has done for everybody in our floral industry, in our community. And there's things that you simply can't do to support, you know, your customers or to fulfill certain demands. So you're just, you're just ramping up on what you can do and trying to enhance that, that part of the business for now. Right. And, mm -hmm. and you're right. As the, as the safety issues get addressed, and maybe the curve flattens, whatever that means, really. It's hard to know. Maybe you'll, I don't know, open for shopping by appointment or, you know, something, some other kind of component that you'll add into your uh, offerings in in the coming yeah, months. Yeah, I think we might, like, open the outdoor area but keep the inside closed. Mm, right. Um, you right. know, so people could walk around the garden and just limit it to however to be, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like jobs are just, uh, there's like doormen, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, security. It's just, uh, interesting the way that things are shifting. But right now we have, um, the staff is staying and we're able, we're very fortunate in so many ways that we're able to like maintain, um, what we have going on. Oh, it's amazing. It's fabulous. Well, I thank you so much for just giving us a snapshot of how Flowers and Weeds is uh, enduring this this pandemic. And uh, it, I think because you've grown in a sustained, organic kind of you know, measured way as, as you've, because this business is now, what, like uh, eight years old? Is that right? Yeah. Um, you're, you, you have... I'm assuming paid as you go kind of thing. And you haven't, you've done a lot oh, yeah. of sweat equity. So you're in a good place maybe to, to weather some of this, uh, suck it up for, you know, six months and not, you know, not have to close your doors. Right. Yes. And I just, you know, it's so funny because it is interesting how this, uh, it seems like there are people who are extremely, extremely busy. All the farmers that I'm working with are working their butts off and we are working our butts off. And then there and grocery store workers and healthcare workers. And then the pandemic has made a lot of other people very bored. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so it's like extreme opposites. You're either like, you know, uh, going stir crazy or you're just like I a little jealous of the people who are going <laughs> stir crazy right but you haven't been able to binge on Netflix as much as people think that I, you should right yeah oh. but I um I did I have some bread rising right now <laughs> I'm in my garden right now I'm taking my one day off and I'm just doing the most. Well, <laughs> I can hear a little bit of ambient noise behind you or in the background. So I appreciate you talking to us while you were doing a little weeding amongst your flowers, kind of your brand anyway, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank yeah. you so much, Jessica. And please give my best wishes to your whole team and um, stay safe and 
Thanks for sharing yeah, that well, update. It was lovely to talk to you, and I'm sorry we didn't get to, you know, hang out in St. Louis this weekend, but I hope it will happen <laughs> one day. Yeah. And thanks for, so much for calling and chatting. You bet. I literally would have been today, uh, and um, that's just going to have to get put on pause for a while. So take care, be well, and we'll get some photos of all your activities and also I'll try to take a screenshot of your store when it's on so I can show that with people share that with people too in our show notes sure okay cool. thanks Great. so much Jessica take care yeah thank you you as well bye-bye bye-bye thanks so much for listening in on my virtual visit to St. Louis and to Flowers and Weeds The local connections being made are so important and are deepening ties between where flowers are grown and the ways floral consumers can enjoy them while supporting floral agriculture. These indeed are stories of resilience. I mentioned that there are three other florists or farmer florists whose designs are part of the now rescheduled Tower Grove Flower Power event. I'm hopeful that I can schedule time to record an update with each one of them in the coming months as well. So stay tuned. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. And we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Our Slow Flowers member virtual meetups continue to provide value and support as a member benefit. Last Friday on May 8th, we welcomed Rita Jo Schultz of Alaska Perfect Peony and the Certified American Ground Council as our Zoom guest, our virtual guest. Thank you, Rita Jo, for sharing her insights and encouragement. If you were unable to join us in real time, you can watch the replay video of our May 8th meetup, and I'll share the link in today's show notes. Please join me at the next Slow Flowers virtual meetup this Friday, May 15th, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. I can't wait to see you there. Our special guests include Yanni Levenbach of Flowers Without Borders and Bethany Little of Charles Little and Company. They both work in the wholesale arena, although with very different models. I'm excited for you to hear from Yanni about what he calls being a, quote, flower hunter who works from his base in Los Angeles to source from farms across the U.S., for a diverse customer base. And I'm thrilled that Bethany will have news to share from Eugene, Oregon, where she and her husband Charles are veteran cut flower farmers who have seen it all. Everything old might be new again for Bethany and Charles, but they are elevating and expanding their flower business in exciting new ways, which will inspire you. So look for the link to join us on May 15th in today's show notes. And you can find it also in our Instagram profile at myslowflowers. And we'll have the link on our Slow Flowers Facebook page and in the Slow Flowers community page on Facebook. Our next sponsor, thanks, goes to the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to unite, educate, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 604,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. 
As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one base at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.